0: Today's show, we back, boys, and where do we stand with the Mavericks right now with this roster? How far do you think they can go? We'll talk about that. We'll talk about everything that Isaac talked about and all the great interviews we had last week. All on today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luke Hnich, and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. I don't believe you shouldn't be here. Oh, let it ride. Let it ride return from vacation. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, no matter which one of us is here. <laughs> the best way to help us grow the show is to comment anything below. Let us know. Comment anything. And let us know is this Mavs roster overall, top to bottom, better than the start of last season's roster? Remember the Porzingis trade, Brunson. Remember all that. Let us know what you think. Is this Mavs roster going into the season better? Joining me, as always, my co-host, writer, and contributor at Mavs.com. The hold down the fort friend, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris?
1: I, I got to <laughs> shed a tear. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm wiping tears right <laughs> now. Is illegit- Thank God you're never <laughs> allowed to go on vacation ever again, ever In your life,
0: I'm here to unwreck the train. Apparently,
1: we literally got on Zoom, Zoom and I was just trying to like (laughs) air hug Nick. And it's like, he's never allowed to leave me ever again.
0: An incredible slate of guests. If you're just now tuning back in, you're like, Oh, Nick's back. I'm gonna, I'm back in the show. You're you're an idiot because you missed a ton of really great shows. Uh, because Isaac had incredible guests, Greg St. Jean, Mavericks coach, had some great insight, Bob Sturm was great. Uh, Jeff Skin Wade was great. Shed Gallagher was fun. Tim Cato had the guns out. Incredible slate of guests. So great job from Isaac. Guns out.
1: BK (laughs) Brawla.
0: Oh, yeah. I forgot about Bobby. That was the first one. Bobby. Uh, On today's show, though, we're going to talk about where these maps stand right now. Where do we stand with this roster? We're still sitting around waiting for some other move. What if it never comes? We'll talk about this roster going into the season. And then let's dive into some of those interviews. Let's talk about some of the big things that stood out to Isaac, stood out to me. Stuff that we haven't really gotten to talk about yet. Um, The ball handler situation. The Mavs have a ball handler problem, but do the Mavericks coaches think they have a ball handler problem? Greg St. Jean shed some light on that a little bit. So we'll talk about all that today. Let's get into it, Isaac Harris. Back talking Mavs. We're back talking Mavs. Two weeks. I didn't know if I know how to do this anymore, but here we are. I didn't either. The Dallas Mavericks, as they stand right now, the starting lineup, as we have been told, that has been reported, that's pretty set in stone as of right now from everything we've been able to piece together is Luka Doncic, Spencer Dinwiddie, as the ball handlers in the backcourt. The bang bros of Dorian Finney-Smith and Reggie Bullock are starting to the wings. We're excited about them, love them. That and A huge part of the Mavericks' identity last year. And then Javale McGee. JaVale. Still need, I still need the drop. But we got Javale McGee starting at center, and that's where the Mavericks starting lineup stands right now. And if you look at the, you know, the bench, Tim Hardaway, Christian Wood, and Maxi coming off the bench is a really good bench for the Mavericks. Like that, that area of the Mavericks is a lot better than it was, say in the, you know, in the playoffs even. Like, yeah, in, in that area of the roster, I think I feel like they've taken a step forward for sure. But it just depends on how well that starting lineup gels and how well they work together.
1: I'm glad you stopped there off the bench, because that's how I teared it off, because I like to do you tears. Love tears, tears for fears, for <laughs> um, tears for tears. But the starting five and then the, the kind of top three <laughs> there off the you know, you miss me. You know, you missed me <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> tears for tears.
1: Tim Hardaway, Christian Wood, Maxie, I had them kind of in their like group together off the bench and once again, going back to what Jason Kidd said at summer league, he's like, "Hey, we got better on offense off the bench." Yeah, and it's like with Christian Wood coming off the bench. Now you have this like kind of offensive duo of Christian Wood, Tim Hardaway Jr. You're
0: two guys that can score twenty and maybe thirty on any given night coming off the bench. The Mavs did not have that to start the season at all last year. Like, like we were not thinking about J- Jalen Brunson as that guy to start the season last year. We are thinking that about these two guys going into this season.
1: Yeah, so I think after that, my question looks at like I have the ne- I have five guys after that Burgers together. Uh, yeah, not you know not the restaurant, but after that, how many of those dudes will actually be in into that? Tim Christian Wood Maxi like it's a lock. Tim Hardaway Christian Wood Maxi Klebo will be in the rotation. Hey, we'll be rotation playing. Saw yes, it off right there. Yeah. We'll be playing playing every single night. If you told me any of the next five guys would get a DMPCD, I wouldn't, like, on random nights, I wouldn't be shocked. Josh Green, Frank Nilakina, shout out to St. Jean's pronunciation of Nilekina Um, Davis Bertons, Dwight Powell.
0: Tillica, didn't he call him Frank
1: (laughs) Tillica? Tilakina or something. Interesting. It made me, like, double check everything. I'm like, wait, am I saying it wrong? Uh, Davis Bertons, Dwight Powell, Jaden Hardy. And it's like, I have those five dudes to where, can one of one or two of those dudes jump into that next group of Tim Christian Wood Maxi to where hey it's a lock? Josh Green is playing every single night. Hope, like maybe I don't know. I just that's just where I feel right now.
0: There definitely, there's definitely a comment that Greg Saint Jean had that I want to talk about when it comes to Frank Natilla Tilakina <laughs> Josh, and Josh Green and, and even Jaden Hardy. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But but yeah, that's where the Mavs roster and their rotation kind of. Like, squares off. Like, I, I wrote it as Mavs depth chart, and then I wrote the playoff rotation under that. And it's, like, those top eight guys. And then there's a flex spot. There's a flex spot of Dwight Powell, Davis, Josh Green, Frank Milikina, and then I guess throw Theo Pinson in there, maybe. Jane um, Hardy. But it's, like, who else? Like, one of those guys, maybe, in a playoff rotation, if they either take a leap or because of matchup demand, like, matchup-based, they find themselves in – um, you know in that like in the rotation because you know one of the comments that Greg Saint Jean had was about you know playing JaVale McGee and Christian Wood together in the way that they kind of played JaVale McGee and Anthony Davis together in in LA the way that the, like their defensive principles and how that they can they make, can make that work together and how their lineups are pretty flexible in that way well if they if they're up against a matchup where they have to start JaVale and Christian Wood then your backup bigs are just maxi. And so then I then I can see Dwight Powell having a little bit more of a role in a situation like that. Um, what if you need you know a little bit more shooting and you know, somebody's down or something? Then all of a sudden Davis Bertans plays a little bit bigger of a role. Um, you may need more ball handling and all of a sudden Frank Nilakina or more d- defense on the perimeter. You need more Frank Nilekina and, or maybe Josh Green. So there's, there's different scenarios where you can see that play out. But this is where the roster is right now. And it still seems one ball handler short, but um, – but yeah, that's what it is. And going into it, I feel like this is a good regular season roster.
1: Well, I'm curious to see what that 15th spot, where does that go? Like, you know, they have one regular regular roster spot open right now with if you want to slot in Pinson as the 14th guy. They have the 15th spot open. They have a two-way spot open because they have Tyler Dorsey as one of the two ways and Moses Wright, as we learned, was it over the weekend? Was it? It
0: was I last it was week over. sometime, yeah.
1: Um, is going to play in China, so he's not going to be coming back. So I'm curious on the 15th spot, is it going to be a guy that immediately moves into, let's just say, for instance, let's just say they signed Eric Bledsoe. And yep. Eric Bledsoe, to me, would move into the THJ, Christian Wood, maxi. Like you're signing him to be a backup ball handler, to be a third guy off the bench type of guy. So that would, he would move into that spot. Or do they use the 15th spot on just a young guy that they're just taking a swing on and saying, hey, like, you join the group of those five guys above you and say, let's see in camp if you can prove to be an eighth or ninth guy in the rotation. I'm That's why I'm kind of curious what they do at the 15th spot.
0: We're going to talk about some of those interviews you did last week. And it seems like all the media people are waiting on some other move to, to yeah. happen, right? Like they're waiting. Everybody seems to be waiting on some other move. But coming up, let's talk about what that move could be, what it what it would signify for us and when it could happen because it just seems like we're all still waiting on that other move. So let's talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Built Bars. Protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They're absolutely delicious. They're very good and they sent us that Cookie Dough Chunk bar. Did you try that one? Uh yeah. The previous that one was yeah. great. My wife usually doesn't like Built Bars and you may be a person that has tried them in the past and said, "Ah, eh, they're not for me." This is a really good one. Cookie Dough Chunk Puffs. They have marshmallow fluff in the middle of it. They have actual pieces of cookie dough in it that are actually really, really good and delicious. And only eight grams of sugar in it. My my wife is sometimes like, oh, I want something that you know will tide me over, a, a snack, but I don't want it to be too sugary. And I'm like, we'll try a built bar. She's like, no, it's too much sugar. I'm like, there's eight grams of sugar in it. That's like, you could put like, if you fit all the sugar in a built bar, into like th- that's in a can of like soda or Mountain Dew or something. It would take you like. Fifteen built bars to get you to get you that that amount of sugar. Uh, there's just not a lot in it, so go check it out. Built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15 to get fifteen percent off your entire order. It's built.com. Built or nothing. All right, Isaac Harris. We've been talking about the state of the Dallas Mavericks, talking about their roster, where they stand, and where uh, the Mavericks ro- roster is at, at this point. Um, They've kind of had a ball handler. They, they have a ball handler problem. But I think the ball handler problem is a little bit too overblown at this point. We need to know what who the third ball handler is or the secondary ball handler or whoever, whoever slides into whatever role like you were talking about. We need to figure out who that is by, like, April, <laughs> you know, or maybe even uh February the trade deadline they don't need to know who that is now think about the beginning of last season it was Luca it was Brunson it was Tim and it was like Porzingis like the main offensive cogs for the Mavericks and then all of a sudden they figure that out in the middle of the season now you don't want to come into every season having to figure out a big thing like this but this is where they are and I think this roster as it stands right now is a really good regular season roster they can get by in the regular season with this roster, have a really good season, be a fourth seed again, maybe. And then all of a sudden everything, you know, then maybe make a move in the middle of the season, get that other ball handler and everything will, will, you know, then they'll, then they'll address that problem there, but they have a, more scoring than they did last year. And that was one of the problems that they had.
1: I agree with you that they can be a good regular season team. I just think you're playing with fire if you don't do it now, because for instance, like, if Luca goes down, if Dinwiddie goes down for okay, three wait, the, weeks. The
0: first thing you just said, if Luca goes down, <laughs> everything is effed. <laughs> so- oh,
1: okay. Well, I'm just saying for like a three-week span, like, your only ball handler is Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah. Like, you know, Greg St. Jean on the pod, you know, last two Fridays ago, was talking about, you know, I asked him. I started off with like, hey, what would you say to the fan? And I was like, I'm just going to go in. What would you say to me? <laughs> that says that we need, you know, another ball handler here. And, you know, he gives this long answer, but then at the end he says, but I in paraphrasing, we're going to have one of Spencer Dinwiddie or Luka Doncic on the floor at all times, basically. And it's like, all right, I I see that. They're going to start together and I see that you're going to try to stagger minutes, but also what if one of them gets hurt for a little bit, or they're out for a couple of weeks, you're immediately asking a ton of, tim hardaway who's not a creator or set the offense no. to him and then you're immediately asking a lot of frank nillikina can josh like what is josh green in that role so that's where if everything hits right and they're healthy and there's no setbacks or anything like that yes they can win a ton of games i'm, I'm regular season okay but man you're playing with fire if you don't have another ball it.
0: his answer to that question that you asked i thought was really interesting i wrote it down He said, we're not going to be able to replace Brunson's skill set. But Tim Mardaway Jr. is kind of like a free agent addition that we made. He made that comment again that Nico Harrison made that we love. Um, And then you just kind of looked at him and you were like... uh,
1: Explain yourself. Sorry. (laughs)
0: Um, But then he said, there's some comfort in playing by committee. He said Frank Nilakina has initiated offense before and talked about that a little bit. He said Josh Green's improving ball handling is someone who we over time we feel comfortable playing with the ball in his hand. And then we have Jaden Hardy. That's that's what he said when you asked him about this ball handler problem. Um that either to me says they're banking on one of those three guys to take a leap or to really jump into the rotation and jump out as somebody that you know is gonna be a big contributor, or they're still waiting on the other move too, because they are. because that answer to me is not like that doesn't that's not a good enough answer as an NBA team of all right we definitely need a third ball handler who's the guy well you know we kind of feel like everybody can contribute you know we're gonna do a group project as the third ball handler and I don't I don't know if that necessarily works.
1: That's what you say for the fourth spot, like yeah, that's what you yeah. say for the for the Trey Burke role yeah. of. Hey, we have three defined guys and it's like that fourth, if one of the, you know, top three creator ball handlers, what we want to call them, you know, goes down, Hey, we have this, you know, committee by approach kind of, you know, it's just like running back situation, running back gets hurt in training camp. We're out for a few weeks. And it's like, yeah, we got a couple guys, you know, it's on the practice squad they can fill in one's a banger, one's a scat back. And it's like, all right, we can make it work. That's not what you're doing. Like every single night, for no. you know how many ever minutes off the off the bench. So I'm, I'm me, like you, like anyone else, like almost every single guest while you're out, still thinks that there's another move that's coming.
0: Because those three guys, like it, to to have that answer and have those three guys, like okay, that those one of those three guys can be our third ball handler by committee. Um, Frank Ntilikina is going into like year five, six. We know what Rank Nilakine is at this point. Maybe he gets a little bit better, but he's only gonna get a little bit better at the things we already know he can do in the NBA. He's not gonna all of a sudden become a guy that can initiate like 15 to 20 possessions in the NBA or 15 to 20 pick and rolls in a game. Like that's just not part of that's just not gonna be part of his game at this point. He mentioned Josh Green. You're not asking Josh Green to take the ball at the top of the key and create anything. You're asking him to like maybe like catch the ball and and then run and pass somewhere else but he's not going to start and initiate your offense. And then Jaden Hardy was kind of a thrown in answer at the end of there. I don't expect anything from Jaden Hardy first year, right? Like I don't we can't bank on anything from Jaden Hardy this first year. His, his his play is a development play. Him and Sham God just yeah. working together all the time and then maybe next year we expect him to be a fourth ball handler. You know, somebody like that that, that slides into that spot yeah um, and they also didn't mention he didn't mention Pinson at all which I found interesting because Pinson is a ball handler too like that's a big part of his game uh, but mm-hmm. he didn't mention him as even like a throw-in in that in those three guys but um, but yeah he
1: never he never him, mentioned Dwight Powell either
0: him him <laughs> saying that you'll rarely see a time or one of Luca and Dinwiddie are not on the floor that's playing with fire like he said
1: yeah and you know the easy you, know, you say easy it's easier said than done but you go around the league and you look at some of these guys out there that are backup point guards that we've talked about plenty of times on this pod that it's like, Hey, if they went out and swapped Dwight for Pat Beverly, if they went out and swapped Dwight for a Kobe white or, you know, another one of these guys that is kind of coming off the bench for another team. That's a ball handler that, you know, they're either not needed like Kobe white in Chicago, or if like Utah is just trying to sell their pieces, like that's the type of thing that, you insert Pat Beverly into that role off the bench. And now it's Beverly, Tim Hardaway, Christian wood, Maxie. Like that's a solid bench unit. And that's now great, yeah. Beverly gives you insurance to where if like Luca has to miss a couple of games, it's like Pat Bev and Denwitty coming out the, or whatever it is. It's like, all right, you get that. So anyway,
0: I'm not banking out Pat Beverly specifically. I'm not banking on him initiating offense either. <laughs> He's great. Like three point shooter, but I'm, you
1: want him or Frank?
0: I'm just saying, if I get Fr- Pat Beverly, I'm not like all of a sudden, there he goes. Fix the ball handler problem. Like it's just completely solved.
1: I think off the bench it it, it, it like fixes it though. Because I, I is, would take Beverly over any of the guys we have as far as like just say, knowing how to play the point guard role.
0: Is being better than the current situation fixing the problem or is it just, is it just better than what you have now? Like I don't know if that counts as fixing.
1: Well, okay.
0: It's Probably. like, you know, there was an Old Testament and then they... Go back
1: go back to France.
0: <laughs> then they came back with the New Testament. They fixed all the things. I have
1: a soundboard before. right now. You don't even know. Is it. it better a... than
0: the Old Testament? I not kinda...
1: I bought a soundboard while you were gone. Did you? And you, you don't even know. I'm just waiting for the right moment.
0: So I want to, you know, be able to touch the car.
1: <laughs> hey, can you can you decrease the outro music for this one guy? He <laughs> asks every single day on YouTube to decrease the outro music. Since,
0: and since you were solo,
1: yeah, and since I was solo, so on the on my one solo pod I did when you're gone, I just did it silent, just for him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he was finally able to sleep. That man was yeah, finally yeah. able to rest. We it's put like, him to rest out. that
1: night. Shout out, bro. Uh,
0: but the ball handler problem, I, I look at the reason why I say that the regular season is going to be fine is because you don't need as much ball handling in the regular season. You just need scorers. You just need guys that can score. And Brunson scored 16 points a game in the regular season. Tim scored 14 points a game last year and Wood scored 18 points a game. Like you're literally replacing Brunson's 16 points a game with those two guys that averaged like, you know, 30 something points a game last year.
1: Yeah, Christian Wood played in Houston, so I don't know how much I'm
0: Okay, we'll we'll give him a, a 5 points per game bump down. You're still replacing Brunson's score yeah, yeah, with yeah. those two guys and uh, I also wanted to point out Dinwiddie starts last year. Dinwiddie had seven starts at the Mavs. The Mavs were 6 mm. and 1. And Dinwiddie starts. He averaged 22 points a game and four and a half assists in those starts. Now it's only seven starts, so small sample size. Theater, whatever you want to do with that. Um, also, the offense with Luca and Dinwiddie on the floor and no Brunson, 121 points per 100 possessions. Whoo, that's like that's motoring offense right there. Now the defense was awful with that group, uh, so they I'm definitely getting, have to figure that out. But
1: I, I'm getting weirdly confident, weirdly overexcited over this Dinwiddie season that's about to happen.
0: This could be... I mean, this is... We're going to... I'm looking
1: more and more into it, and the more I look into, like, 19... You know, 2019-20, the pre-ACL season... We'll watch some highlight clips. Yeah, you look into all the... I I know, we're drinking the Kool-Aid. It's locked on Mavs. I get it, but... The more you're looking into stuff, no, 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 like. No, no,
0: no, 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 no. You and I make the Kool Aid over here. Like, we, t- we talk five days a week about the Dallas matter. Like, we're over here making the. All the other pods are <laughs> off right now. You remember that. No. <laughs> we're, we're, we're getting the Kool Aid packets. So we're getting the extra <laughs> sugar that the, the package says put this extra sugar if you want. Mix yeah. it with the water. Like, stir. We got a spatula. Like, we're over here mixing this Kool Aid. We're drinking it ourselves, <laughs> man. No one's talking us into this except us.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. I'm excited about this Dinwiddie season coming up. I think it could be a, a massive one.
0: <laughs> the more I specifically talk about it, the more I talk myself into Spencer.
1: <laughs> Pretty much. That's who we're talking well, to who, at this point. Who just else each other. Spencer Dinwiddie agenda right now?
0: <laughs> You're reading, reading maps.com over there? Yes. Uh, That's you. You wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. Did I just quote myself? <laughs> coming up. Couple other things that really stood out about Isaac's interviews over last week—some incredible stuff. But the Mavs are still waiting on something else. They're waiting on some other move. When could it happen? And uh, we'll talk about that a little bit coming up. All right, Isaac Harris, we're back. We're back. We're making analogies. We're, we're yelling at each other. It's uh, it's good. It feels good. Um, the Mavs are waiting on another move. From Bob Sturm to Tim Cato to Jeff Wade to everyone, it just seems like anybody that has any connections with the Mavericks seems like they're going to make another move. Uh, Does this move have to happen before the season? Because I thought for sure I would leave, and as soon as I left for vacation two weeks ago, a move would happen like my first day. I'd be on the plane, and a move would happen. But it still hasn't, and it seems like they're waiting on the Kevin Rant thing, which may or may not happen now. The Donovan Mitchell thing, which just seems like they're just waiting on the right package from the Knicks. Um, they're waiting on all those things to fall into place, and I don't know. Will that happen before the season starts? I don't know, but does it have to?
1: I think so. I just, I just think you get into weird chemistry, culture stuff. And, like, you just want to set the stuff, like, now. You want to go through training. Like, one of the things, and I joked about this the other day, of, like, ready to take your drinks here. But going back to the Dinwiddie thing, like, St. Gene mentioned, he's like, this is his first, like, healthy offseason in Dallas. (laughs) Oh! But, like, this is his first offseason in Dallas. like,
0: drunk flashbacks to that, (laughs) like, taking as many drinks as we did with that phrase.
1: Remember when we had to push the kp agenda all the time? What? (laughs) just kidding guys just kidding what's like
0: the kool-aid that w- no that was tang that wasn't that wasn't drinking our own kool-aid that was drinking our own tang That
1: was surge
0: sir what was the one that discontinued surge <laughs>
1: um no what's, I don't, what's I don't the, fro- what I was the
0: frozen orange juice in the little cans <laughs> that's what that was what? you ever do that do your parents no. ever do that
1: I'm thinking of like the Flintstones, like push pops, but that's not what it is. It's <laughs> <That's, laughs> <That's> like sherbet. <laughs> it's completely different.
0: We're in a different category of food now.
1: All right, let's go back to it. So Dinwiddie, what's Spencer Dinwiddie? Yeah, he's gonna have his like. First, this is his first off season in Dallas. I mean, he he came right. here right before the trade deadline, so he's rehabbing, working out. I don't remember the point I was making with this, but <laughs> I just wanted to make this that is point. How you again. know, we're fully back. What now. were we even talking we're, about? We're fully back. <laughs> what were we talking about? I forgot.
0: We were talking about the next move that they're waiting on another move to be made. Doesn't have yes, does this you, move does this Yes, you have to make it now. Like go you have
1: to make this before not specifically now, but you have to make it before training camp and all that starts because it's like Dwight Powell knows he's probably off this team. Like whoever like you got to go get the third guy now or and just get everything set.
0: Anybody in real estate in Dallas right now? Let us know if a if a D Powell like like puts up anything in Dallas, like let us know, okay. Yeah. And if, if Dwight Powell or Davis Breton's anybody, like if they start putting up real estate stuff, let us know.
1: Dwight's like, know? like, hey, maybe the grass is greener on the other side. It is, I promise you, because it's just brown in Dallas. All right, it's <laughs> just <laughs> <laughs> everybody's like grass is brown. Patches
0: of our yard. we live in a condo complex, and there's like patches that pe- that they've like mowed, but they mowed it too too low, and it's just a strip mm. of dead grass now. It's like didn't yeah. make, I like couldn't make it. Yeah, it's still it's gone. dead.
1: Uh, anyway, what do you think?
0: <laughs> I don't think it has to be made before the season. I, oh, come on! Bob Stern made made a point that um, you know, it feels like that everybody needs to make a, it feels like they need to make a move because the how much the roster doesn't make sense, like he said. But it could happen in December when like a couple other players that sign contracts can be available for trades. Remember that 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 deadline that happens in December. It yeah. could happen at the trade deadline. I'm fine with it happening at the trade deadline a move like whatever the move is if it's going to be a significant enough move that that moves the needle enough that actually is a third ball handler or even a secondary ball handler that moves Dinwiddie back to the back to the third one that would be ideal for sure i'm willing to wait and be patient enough for that um uh, because at this point it just seems like okay what's the what's the answer like what's the move that they're going to make that makes all this make sense like it's, i just don't know if it's there right now
1: well, I don't – I'm not expecting – I don't think that they can realistically pull off a move that would push Dinwiddie to the bench anyway. So
0: then why – so then why make a move now where you can – This now we're like – we're eight hypotheticals deep in this whole thing.
1: What if? <laughs> <laughs> because you – like, go get the guy that's going to actually run your second unit to when you're – you are run- said they're running stuff in practice that it's not, you know, Josh or Frank out there just trying to, like, run the offense – and it's Dinwiddie and Luca, or you can actually run sets where, like, oh, hey, Spencer has, you know, he got three fouls early in the first half. Now Luca's on the bench. Is our offense going to look weird as heck right now, or do we have another guy that can actually run the crap? So, like, that's what I. That's why I think there's a benefit of just going and getting the guy. I'm saying it like it's just on the table that they can go get it.
0: I know. I don't I just, know if it is.
1: Yeah, I don't know if it is either. I'm just saying I think the preference would be like, yeah, go, go get another guy. And maybe, maybe the solution is, hey, we have the 15 spot. If we can't make a trade for a Beverly, whoever it is to come off the bench, then we just sign another point guard with that 15 spot. That's maybe not a good of, you know, not as good of player, but at least a guy who can actually like run a system and run the offense type of thing. Maybe it's that.
0: Run his offense, run his mouth, whatever he, whatever they want him to do. <laughs> uh, a couple of the things that I, I found interesting in your interviews from, from the last couple of weeks. Um, Greg St. Jean pointed this out. I thought it was a small thing, but I thought it was really interesting. You know, when we heard that JaVale McGee was going to start over you know, Christian Wood, a couple, a couple people got up in arms about it. We were confused about it a little bit. But Greg St. Jean pointed out that they use the same defensive principles in L.A., like, for the Lakers, when Jason Kidd was there as an assistant, Greg Sanchin was there as an assistant, their new uh, guy, Quentin Crawford, the assistant, was there in L.A. They The same defensive principles, they run in Dallas. And so I think that's that has JaVale McGee is better suited to start the year because he has those and he can hit the ground running a little bit better than Christian Wood, who was playing under no defensive principles possibly in in Houston over the last couple of years. And then Detroit before that, I don't know if they had defensive principles either. So it may take him a little while. Like the learning curve may be higher for him. So Julian, he's probably better suited to start the year. I just found that an interesting note.
1: Yeah. I like that. They obviously have a good relationship with JaVel and he, him talking about the LA stuff and just, you know, their defense, how high I was ranked in LA, how high I was ranked in Dallas. While also I liked his little point of like how they had a high ranked defense. and didn't have like a really paint protector.
0: That comment was that, like, how did we get here? Like, I don't yeah. know. how we, we don't switch. We don't have, we bigs. Like what? overachieved. It's yeah. <laughs> basically what he said. He mentioned that too. And you and I pointed this out a couple of times where Jason Kidd has been very quick to say, Hey, we overachieved last year. And don't expect this again this year. Greg Sanjee, kind of the same thing. Like, Hey, I don't want to use the word overachieve, but we did. Yeah, uh, and I find that interesting that they're they're trying to run that now. That's Kool Aid right there. That's that's them trying to. All right, everybody, calm down a little bit. Let's cool down the. Let's put some ice in the Kool Aid a little bit here. Yeah. Hmm. Um. Other things that that's. I thought out.
1: you were listing something.
0: <laughs> no, that was, I was. I was naming notes. <laughs> we were just naming things that stood out. <laughs> Uh, Jeff Skinway talked about how hot the trade deadline talks were, because I think you and I, we're going to do oh, yeah. a series of what ifs over the summer. We've done these. I, we've actually done these since 2018. Like this is, I think this is our fifth yeah. year of doing these what if series um, and go on YouTube, the community tab or go to Twitter and re- reply to those um, posts and what kind of what ifs you want to see us do but one of them is definitely going to be like, what if Brunson, it's going to be like a whole bunch of different, what if scenarios? What if they had offered him the extension before the season? What if they actually offered it to him in the middle of the season? And Yours has always been what if they traded him? Like they had to have they had to trade him. Why didn't they trade him if they didn't give him that extension? And Jeff Skin Wade talked about how hot the trade deadline talks were that the Mavericks had. It's not like they didn't try to trade Jalen Brunson at the trade deadline, which is really interesting. That's a whole what if too. What if they did trade him? What if they what could they have gotten for him at the trade deadline? And there's so yeah. many different paths there, but I just found that like a confirmation of Hey, they tried really, really hard to trade him and try to make a deal happen in the middle of the season last year. They just couldn't get it done. And so they just ran out of time. And then they knew Brunson wasn't going to accept that extension. So they just didn't even offer it.
1: Yeah. There's so many layers to that what if of what happens in the playoffs. You know, what, you know, would you sacrifice that playoff run? Would they for... have
0: lost in the first round?
1: I know. It depends on who the player was, right? Like, you know, would, would you potentially sacrifice that playoff run but have it be better set up for the future because they're only trading brunson if you're getting back a really quality piece but maybe that quality piece was under contract for a few more seasons and all that so like, there's so many what ifs and especially when you don't even know like there was no rumor to where you're like oh man they had this on the table brunson for yeah, blank right. that we could really do the what if and all that
0: but yeah so. Um, he also, Jessica Wade also mentioned the Mavs are more more poised to make a big deal in the middle of this season this year than they have been in the mm. last couple of years. I found that interesting. Like without Brunson, I don't know if they have they have as much to make a huge huge move. Yeah. In the middle know. of this, but so. they have more picks available to them now that they're a little bit they're farther removed from that that Porzingis trade. So I find that interesting in our talks from earlier about you know should the Mavs make their move now or should they wait and make a bigger move in the middle of the season possibly. Um, yeah I'm you,
1: not, yeah, you would desperately need Christian Wood and or Spencer Denwitty to start off the year, very, very hot,
0: Tim, and, yeah, Tim Hardaway, as well, yeah, 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 interesting, anything else stood out to you, any interview topics stood out that we haven't talked about, um,
1: you know, talking about Stern about his interview with Jaden Hardy, I thought it was interesting. we talked about um it was an interview they did on the ticket with him, but uh, just stuff that we didn't know. Uh was kind of just talking through that again about his relationship with Christian Wood, Hardy's, uh going back to UNLV, um, just to his relationship with the Mavs pre-draft, that the Mavs didn't even work him out, didn't anything. Yeah. Uh, because once they traded the 26 pick, they're like, all right, you know, whatever. And uh, so, um, yeah, I-, I liked a lot of St. Jean stuff on culture. And just yes. you know, the, the importance of building culture and building it for year one and how it looks different you know year to year. It's not just the same culture that you build one year. It looks different another year. The football helmet story I, I really enjoyed.
0: That was great. You have to go, go listen to that interview for that one. But um, their words last year were chemistry and accountability. And I mm-hmm. liked how he mentioned that, hey, those were our words for last year. We're going to have to come up with new words this year. And that's definitely something in training camp that we'll, we'll probably all ask like Jason Kidd so much that he'll get annoyed by is what are the two words this year? What's the, you know, what's the goal? What are the themes this year? Uh, yeah. which I just find that really fascinating as a, trying to bring a different group of guys together, even though it's not very different, but it is still different.
1: Yeah. And I like the Gallagher, uh, episode two It's just fun here. And, you know, obviously Tim Ketto did a great story on it when it happened, how Luca, but just Gallagher talking through it, you know, about how Luca came to be and, his text to Isaac Lee saying, "Dude, this is gonna blow up like right before it, you know, it, it comes out." And then them coming to Dallas, performing it during a game, and how nervous Isaac Lee was to do it, and you know Gallagher's just putting on a wig and fake playing a guitar, <laughs> not even like playing it, and it just you know that that was a lot of fun because obviously that that song just gotten bigger and bigger. How do we
0: not have that as a drop too? <laughs> Hallelujah.
1: And all the Reddick interviews are great, and him just talking about them. And- oh yeah being a part of that's cool.
0: Um yeah. Good stuff. Great stuff. All kinds of interviews. Go check them out from last week, but we're here 5 days a week. We're going to continue. We're going to do what ifs. We're going to do probably tier Tuesday where we tier things off. We're probably going to do some mail, yes. some live mailbags bags. We'll do some uh game pods that we've done in the past like all that and so we'll have a ton of stuff for you this summer.
1: Yeah, uh do you want to save Bill Russell stuff for tomorrow?
0: we could talk about it today. Bill Russell passed away on uh, on Sunday, and the NBA lost like a legend. The NBA lost, I mean, even more than a legend. Like we talk about some like players and say, "Oh, like Tyson Chandler was legendary." No, like Bill Russell was more than that. Like yeah. a, a founding, like almost a founding father of the NBA. The NBA is not what it is today without Bill Russell, and the way that he not only stood his stood his ground in moments, the way that he was just an incredible uh, player, but a coach as well. like I think he was the first black coach in the NBA player coach, like just an incredible run from him. And then the way that he has stewarded and been an ambassador for the NBA it's just been incredible to see him. Uh, the photo that stands out to me is him and Dirk with the the 2011 trophy and then the Bill Russell award, like the MVP. Um, Yeah, that that's just an incredible photo that just will live in Mavs Mavs history um, that Bill Russell was a part of. And uh, and yeah, the NBA misses a a Titan, I guess If we'll put a higher like honor than than legend is Titan, like just a founding person figure in the NBA.
1: Yeah, the Mavs tweeted out that picture of him and Dirk, and it's just incredible picture all around just seeing Dirk, you know, look almost like giddy you know, in that moment and stuff with, with Russell. And, you know, we throw around those, uh, those words, legend, um, you know, goat, um, icon, we, we throw around these names or these titles all the time for players and in, in all sports and very like seldom does a player like kind of like outgrow that or like, Oh no, they're the actual like definition of that word. Yeah. And you hardly ever see a player in any sport, like outgrow the sport like that's like bigger than the sport and it's like bigger than their accomplishment. Like it's just like, it's so hard to explain what Bill Russell like means to the NBA on and off the court. That it's just like, it's wild to comprehend. And, you know, you, you know, for, for us, you know, when you look at not to do the whole, like, Oh, who's in the top 10 greatest players, all this stuff. But like, When you look at that upper echelon of players, of however you want to rank them, and this is not the place to like rank them, but like the you know, the Russell's, the Kareem's, the Jordans, the LeBrons, these guys, it's like, you know, out you know, we obviously lost Kobe, but it's like we we haven't lost like one of, you know, Wilt died young, but it's like we haven't lost one of those like Mount Rushmore players of the game of basketball, of like you know, obviously Kareem is still living in Jordan and LeBron. And it's like, it's wild to think about Russell who's on so many people's Mount Rushmore top four players that's ever played the game of basketball is no longer with us. And it's just, uh, yeah, I'm sure the NBA is going to have some crazy, you know, things planned to, to honor, you know, this guy's legacy and just his time in the game. It's just, he is the definition of an icon and a legend on and off the court. And he deserves all of it.
0: Absolutely true. There you go. Go listen to Locked On Celtics. He's going to do a whole – I texted him today. He's going to do a whole um, Bill Russell, like, in in memoriam kind of deal on his show. Um, no ads or anything like that. He's just going to go straight through with it. It's going to be incredible episodes. Go listen to Locked On Celtics. Guys, thanks very much for listening to Locked On Maps.
1: Here's a – boom!